0: This is The Family Culture Project, Episode 32, Creating Connection in Your Neighborhood with guest, Kristen Schell.
1: We are Carl and Kimberly Amici, and we're here to help you live a life of purpose with the ones you love
0: and become the family you are meant to be.
1: Opening up our lives to others can seem scary, but it doesn't have to be. Just like simple steps over time can change the culture of your home, they can also change the culture of your neighborhood. If you're looking to love your neighbors but aren't sure where to start, this episode will inspire and equip you to take actions needed towards creating connection with others and building the community where you live.
0: So Kimberly, I remember when you met Christian years ago um, at a conference and was very impressed by this story that we're going to tell our listeners about and in the interviews about. I would definitely say she's inspired me in a secret way. This along with maybe a few other books. But the concept of what she's doing here definitely has inspired me.
1: Oh, I can't believe you remember that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it stuck with me for a really long time. And you'll hear in the interview why, while I haven't lived out my my community outreach in the same way she has, it has definitely caused us and me to take some steps that has connected us with people in our neighborhood. Carl, what was your neighborhood like growing up? Did you know your neighbors?
0: That's a great question. It's funny because I think about the old days, the new days. So I'm a little older, but um, in the old days, you had um, in the old days, you had. Parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles that actually lived pretty close to each other, which was cool in a lot of ways because you got to be around a lot of family. Um, But you also lived in where I grew up. You lived in communities where people actually lived there for a long time. So you got to know your neighbors and and your neighbors were right next door, (laughs) meaning they were not not a half an acre away. They were right next door. We lived in what's called row houses. Some people might call them townhouses today, more fancy term, but it was really just row houses. And so you did know quite quite a bit about your neighbors because you didn't have cell phones. And when you got home from school, you weren't texting your friends. You basically went to the corner to see who was out already Mm -hmm. maybe knocked on a few doors down the street along the way to say come on out to go down the corner but you would either hang out play wiffle ball Mm -hmm. play football Mm -hmm. um so back then we really did get a lot um, of interaction with our neighbors you know positive and negative
1: yeah you know we did that too i mean i guess i wasn't thinking about it but you're right cell phones keep us indoors but when i was growing up we definitely did the same thing we went outside to see who was around but in terms of, like, neighborhood and community, I don't remember. I knew my friend's parents, but I don't remember us as a family interacting with other neighbors. Maybe, like, the typical hello when you go get to go your mail or, like, you know, letting the neighbor know that you're going on vacation so they can watch your house. But for the most part, like, I know my family and my community was not one that interacted with each other on a regular basis.
0: You know, she talked a little bit about um, the fact that things have changed, meaning that we do have electricity electronics that we didn't have back then our architecture has changed mm-hmm. our mailboxes used to be at the front of the house there's no longer that that's the case they're really at your house or in your house um, so many things about how we interact with people um, she said we are more connected than we ever ever have been but more lonely as well mm-hmm. and I think this um, idea really helps bridge and and fix that gap Mm -hmm.
1: you know even where we live i think we live in a really friendly community but i also think that most people in our community don't know how to connect with each other and so they're not doing it like they get busy and they might you know know people here and there but it's rare to see people really getting to know one another
0: That's true. I think you have a a lot more double working. Well, both parents working. That that's that's one aspect of it. But look at the reaction we got when we did a backyard black party Mm -hmm. with basically just the people on our block, Mm -hmm. plus or minus a few houses, and how excited people were to actually learn more about their neighbors Mm -hmm. and people that we had never met. Yeah, showed up. Yeah, and so there is that that need is there her, her turquoise tables brings it out and really struck home with me because, you know, it's true. You just have to, you just have to, somebody has to take the first step, take up the first step.
1: Mm -hmm. Definitely. You know, I work from home, so I have a lot of opportunity to volunteer with my kids' school or to meet people out and about at pickup and drop off and at events that I attend during the week. But, um, you work, Carl. So what have you done to make friends in your community? Because your, your schedule is totally different than mine.
0: Well, I think the coolest thing that I took advantage of on purpose was the the community, what we call it a Jitney, but it's really just to think of a mini bus um, that picks me up in front of my house and drives me merely only a mile or so to the train. Um, but on that bus over the years, getting on at the same time you see the same people I you know you know my personality I like to joke around with people so I'll I'll, I'll figure out a way to have a conversation um, joke around and then over time it opens up and and, and you'd be kind you become friendly or mm-hmm. and 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 you, you think about John um, and his wife, who, Barbara, who we invited over our house just through meeting them through the Jitney and then others mm-hmm. as well, whether it been John and Linda. But, but we've met different couples by me meeting them on the mm-hmm. Jitney.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah that's, not, that's
0: one way to do it.
1: Yeah, I'm not surprised when I meet somebody and they're like, oh, I know your husband. I'm like, oh, I'm sure you do. Like, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, but what I think you said was important, you have to intentionally do it. I mean, think about you could probably get on that bus every day, every morning for years and years and probably still not know the name of the same, same people that you see every day because you get into the, your habits, you get into your routines, you get into your ruts. And then like if you've been on the bus for years and you've seen the same person, you think, well, it's too late to get to know them now. You know, like, yeah. like there's there's things that we wrestle with in our head. There's fears we have. There's things that keep us from creating community. And I think that this episode encourages people to put those things aside and just reach out like. Don't overthink things. Yeah, really, be
0: the first. Be Absolutely. bold.
1: Absolutely. What do you think our kids have learned by being friends with those in our community?
0: Well, I think it's been great. I think they learn not only from the things that you've done to make purposeful community here at home, what you are home, and and how you've really helped establish this home as being um, a place of hospitality. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly inside our home, whereas the turquoise table is, is the, the the concept of just doing it outside where you don't, your home doesn't have to be perfect. Mm-hmm. But you've done a great job at it. And I think they see what I have done as it relates to just meeting, ra- they call them random people, mm-hmm. or just any old person to get to know them and ask mm-hmm. questions. Either Even when I go to the supermarket and I, I meet several people there, I just... Figure out ways to be friendly and start talking to people. Um, my kids, oh, I think they enjoy it. They may sometimes they might get a little bit embarrassed by it, but they they see it and they see us trying to live out um, in community. and And I I believe they completely enjoy it.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, one thing I've learned being in community, and I I'm not sure if our kids have learned this. I think we've we've talked to them about it. Is this idea that people want to help people, and So when you offer to help people or most importantly, when you ask people to help, like if you ask your neighbor, like the other day I was trying to get up the driveway in the snowstorm and I like texted my friend who I was supposed to connect with, actually my neighbor, and I was like, having trouble get up the driveway, I can meet you later, and instead of just saying, okay, that's great, she's like, I'll be over in a minute. And she came with her shovel and she helped me get up the driveway. And I think asking people for help and offering help to other people when you see them in need, whether it's taking the garbage down to the curb, if you see something, somebody struggling, or um, I, I think that cements community. I think that um, just brings people together in a way that's really, really beautiful.
0: You're right. I mean, I read a book on that as well. I read a book that actually brought up that very point, which was... If you have a new neighbor, ask them to do something for you. Now, not mm-hmm. something hard. Yeah. Not like, you know, you know, help me change the oil in the car. Yeah. Just help 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 you do something simple. Yeah. Because it's that trust. But them offering wow, they thought enough of me to actually ask them for a little bit of help. Mm-hmm. And 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 it builds that trust and then that connection. So mm-hmm. they're more likely to talk to you mm-hmm. and and community, being living community with you, as a result of you asking, mm-hmm. that's one great way of getting getting people to engage in your neighborhood.
1: Mm-hmm. So Kristen talks about how she created community in her neighborhood, but Carl, you've ad- you've done something very similar to what she's done without even knowing it. I bet you don't you didn't realize what you were doing it that that's what you were doing. But you've done something at work that's created community in a very similar way. Would you tell us a little bit about it?
0: Yeah, definitely. I I think I was inspired probably subconsciously <laughs> by her, in this in this and 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 we don't have um, the opportunity at work to have a a, a turquoise table, um, but I did create a a breakfast club that's done on Fridays and and I did it in a unique kind of way, meaning that I invited the whole entire floor. So no matter what department you were in, you were invited. Um, but the only thing you had to agree to was host one week. So it build the community, it build a community of people that wanted to network, meet other people that they don't normally talk to, um, in a friendly setting, a table, there's a table and chairs and we have set up, we have a toaster, we have, we have a great setup and I facilitate everything for them. All they really need to do is bring the food. So that they also feel part of the community by contributing because it was just a situation where I just asked for money and we provided everything. It wouldn't build that same thought around community Mm -hmm. and people as much as people are striving for community in their neighborhoods, they're striving for a community and work beyond the few people that they talk to in their group. Um, and this really is facilitate facilitated. I've gotten great reactions with it. Um, it's build network, meaning that I've met many people in this group. We have about 45 people in this group, which is great for one floor. Um, and it's got great participation. There's a great enthusiasm around what we're talking about in this interview.
1: Yeah, but. and I think ownership, like you hit on it, like everybody has to take a turn. And I think that ownership is another thing that just cements that community. And yeah, I think by taking the initiative and you going first and you saying, Hey, let's find a reason that we can consistently gather, I think that's made a world of difference.
0: No, it's been great. I mean they're hosts, we call them hosts, and they only host one week out of twelve. Every quarter we run this and it's been a great um, it's been a great thing for, for our community at work.
1: Yeah, and I think much like anything else that has to do with culture, consistency, small ways to be consistent is what will bring you closer together.
0: It's time to become the family you were meant to be.
1: Looking to make some changes in the new year? We're thrilled to announce that pre-registration for the Family Culture Project Signature Course is now open.
0: We will be your companions as you decide what you want your family to be known for, determine your core values and passions, then translate your values into behaviors that can be taught, coached, and celebrated.
1: And then you'll create a family manifesto.
0: The course includes access to our private Facebook page that will connect you with others taking the course. Plus, we'll be there with encouragement, additional resources, and live Q&As.
1: Go to www.thefamilycultureproject.com to sign up. You will be the first to be notified when the course opens and receive our pre-registration discount. Be sure to type in the, T-H-E, familycultureproject.com forward slash the course. Today, I'm talking with Kristen Schell. Kristen is the author of The Turquoise Table, Finding Community and Connection in Your Own Front Yard. She is a speaker and podcast host on the subjects of hospitality and building community. As the founder of the Turquoise Table movement, Kristen encourages neighborhoods, communities, leaders, and churches to open their lives and homes to others. The Turquoise Table has been featured in media outlets such as The Today Show, Good Housekeeping, Christianity Today, and Country Living. She lives in Austin, Texas with her husband, Tony, and their four children. I'm so excited to have you on our podcast. I have been sharing your story for years with people, so thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me about the turquoise table. Oh, you're so welcome. I'm delighted. Um, I first heard your story a few years back at Illum, and I was sitting in your session and I teared up listening to you because at the time I was desperately craving community and didn't even know the first place to start, and I felt helpless in creating it and. Like your story just inspired me to find ways to connect with others. So would you just share a little bit about that? Sure. Um,
2: and, and when you and I met at loom the turquoise table was still very much in its infancy. You know, yeah. I had just put this table in my front yard because like you, I was craving community. I was craving connection. Um, And so I literally put a picnic table. I mean, just a regular old picnic table. I got it at Lowe's. I painted it turquoise because that's my favorite color. Mm -hmm. And I put it in the front yard as really, you know, in hopes that um, it would invite people to slow down, to have, you know, conversations. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we needed a place that was welcoming um, that also didn't require, kind of all of the, you know, the the the, the effort, if you will, of mm-hmm. hospitality um, mm-hmm. on the inside of the house. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I, we all long to have people around, you know, our mm-hmm. house, but it takes a lot of work. And so the table outside in the front yard sort of took away all of that. I didn't have to worry about cleaning the house. I didn't have to worry about making a meal. I didn't, mm-hmm. but I could still, um, I could still then experience the joys of connection with, Mm -hmm. with people in small and intimate ways.
1: Mm -hmm. So you put that table out on your lawn and you did flyers for your neighbors. Is that, no, I I mean, I went door to door, come over, like, how did that work? Exactly.
2: Well, the first, I mean, you know, and you have to remember like this was, I, I wasn't thinking it would be the movement that it is today. know, it was very organic. I didn't think through Uh very much of anything. Um, I put the table out there and then I thought, well, I guess I need to go out and, and use it. Uh And so, um, the first day it rained for like a week after I put the table out and I think God was just giving me courage, (laughs) you know, you know, mustering up the courage to go out there. But I went out there and I sat that very first day and I immediately met a neighbor, a neighbor I had never seen at the grocery Mm -hmm. store, at the post office. I'd never seen her anywhere. And, um, and she actually struck up the conversation first. So sort of shame on me, but I was sitting there, um, and, and it's very open. The table is literally like, I don't know how many feet, but probably two or three feet from the curb. Mm -hmm. So very close to the stand. And she walked by and said, I saw you put the table this table out earlier this week. It's beautiful. To tell me about it. Oh wow. And I, I know, right? Like I think God just set everything up so that, you know, it was it was just a tremendous amount of encouragement for me. Yeah. So now I can't imagine not knowing Susan. Mm-hmm. And she ended up sitting down. We talked. We exchanged phone numbers. And um, and so that was just a very you know, just a very serendipitous, um, Mm. organic at first encounter. But as soon as I went back in that day, I thought, wow, there's something to this. Mm. And maybe um, my hopes and prayers and dreams for this table are are really God's hopes, you know, and dreams for this community. And so then I texted some friends, people I actually knew Mm. um, and said, hey, come by, stop by if you can um, for the table for coffee. I want to tell you just a, a little bit about what what I, you know, why I put this bright turquoise picnic table Mm -hmm. in my front yard. And all three of those women showed up and that in itself was also a miracle. You know, Mm -hmm. I often think now, like, you know, if we were to text our dear friends and say, Hey, let's meet tomorrow for coffee. Like what that response would be. It's like, well, I can't, or I you know, and so, but they all showed up and we had a great conversation and it, you know, it lasted like two hours, you know, how once Mm -hmm. women get together. Mm -hmm. And I expected that they might be intrigued by the idea of the turquoise table, but what I didn't expect was for them to pull out their phones and order their own tables that day too. Oh, wow. And so they were like, we love this so much. Can we also have turquoise tables Uh in our front yard? And I was like, you know, I hadn't even thought (laughs) about that question. I'm like, well, sure. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't we? Yeah, Um, And so that's when I thought, well, maybe um, if it's meeting a need for me and my immediate neighbors, it can meet a need for others. And indeed it has.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. So like you mentioned, you had no idea what you were getting yourself into when you first put that table out there. And so I'm wondering what kind of impact did it have on your family and what has it taught you? Well, oh my goodness. Now it's been five years. Um,
2: in fact, five years this month, um, that I put the table out. And so, yes, you're right. I had no idea, you know, that, that this would become sort of a thing. Um, at first, it it met needs for our family too it was um you know it was one it was a way i was desperately craving ways for our family to unplug from social media mm. and to also sit at the table you know and just have eye to eye contact and sometimes you know a meal you know with soccer schedules and and, yeah. and all of the good things was too hard and i found that as the children were getting older that meal time was becoming harder and harder. And so I thought, well, then I just need to be more creative and how we yeah. get together. And so it became just a quick and easy, spontaneous place for us to not have technology, mm-hmm. but to do things we were already doing just in a more visible place. So, homework, or, you know, I. I, the best hack of all is that we never have glitter in our house anymore. So for anybody who's listening that has young children who love glitter, the turquoise table is the best thing ever because we now have all glitter, all, all projects, yeah. all glue, all, you <gasps> know, all those things. Every, it's all Easter egg dying. We all yeah. do it outside now. And, um, and, and it's, in, it's invited at first it invited a curiosity of people to stop by,
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, which was joy and sadness all at once. It really, it broke my heart that sitting in your front yard was no longer commonplace Mm -hmm. in our culture and in our society that it did sort of bring out this curiosity and this, why are you sitting outside? Um, you know, response in people. Mm -hmm. And yet it was so welcome Yeah, because we all knew a place in time or had heard of a place in time where our grandparents (laughs) were on in the front, you know, so it it met an an immediate need, but also touched on sort of a nostalgic
1: need Mm -hmm. too. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. So why do you think community is so important when it comes to building culture in your home and in your neighborhood? Because you've changed the culture of your neighborhood by just doing that simple thing. I mean, you've had to engage with that table and with your community repeatedly. But like, why do you think it's so important that that, that for community to happen?
2: Well, well, I mean, I, you know, first of all, I mean, we were not created to be Lone Rangers. And mm-hmm. so, you know, God designed us to be um, in community with one another. Um, you know, so that's, that is, is just the way I believe we were intended to Mm -hmm. live. Um, but I think it's harder and harder. There's so many distractions and there are so many things that, 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 you know, pull us apart from living in Mm -hmm. community one, you know, simple things, simple things from like, you know, when we're a more transient society, Mm -hmm. you know, so like our grandparents kind of stayed put and they, you know, they stayed in the same jobs. Well, you know, it's not uncommon now for us to uproot and move across the country away from family and friends for a job. Yeah. Um, Even our architecture, has changed. You know, yeah. there used to be front porches and that, and that then with the advent of, of air conditioning mm-hmm. um, and centralized heating, you know, we, we don't, even our architecture has changed. Yeah, but, that's true. You know, mailboxes are no longer at the front of the homes in a lot of communities. They're mm-hmm. at a, at a communal place to, oh, you know, yeah. to So there's all these little things, none of them necessarily wrong or Mm -hmm. bad, but that have changed the way we've interacted with one another. And when we don't see each other, when we do not know the person with whom or the people with whom we share a wall or a fence or a yard, Mm -hmm. um, we become more fragmented. And so I believe um, that for most of us, we cannot affect and change what's happening sort of at the 30,000 foot level, maybe in DC or around Mm -hmm. the world, but we can, we can change the needs of the people right in front of us. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it's not only, um, a healthier and better way to live. It is, it's, it's, it's an important and right way to live, to Mm -hmm. look out for, and to notice the needs of those around us and to take care of one another.
1: Yeah, you know, last um, fall, me and the family and, the, and our kids decided we were going to throw a last minute block party and we live on a pretty busy street. And so like ours is one of the only streets in town that probably doesn't have a block party because you can't shut this street down. And we did a backyard block party and we put flyers into a whole bunch of people's, you know, boxes. And, you know, one of the women, she was actually walking her dog when we were walking around with the flyers and we handed one to her. And she's like, I've been waiting for someone to like host a party. I've been waiting for someone to invite me. She's like, I, I want to get to know the new neighbors. And it was so much fun. And we've since become friends with some of the neighbors. And honestly, like it's getting cold here and I want to do it again, but I think we might have to do it on the inside. Maybe just <laughs> call it a holiday party. Um, but there are people out there that are waiting to meet us, that are waiting to, for us to make the first move. And we and, you know, we tend to think, oh, we're just, no one wants to talk to us. So we're not, you know, we're not invited or they're having fun without us. And that's not the case. Like they are waiting for people to connect with. Um, and one other story that I thought of when my, my daughter was real young and I didn't know anybody, I started setting up all these little play dates for her and started asking the moms to come over from lunch. And one of the, there was a mom that came over one day. And she said to me, Oh my gosh, this has never happened to me before. And I'm like, well, what are you talking about? And she's like, I've never had anybody that doesn't know me ask me over for lunch. And I'm like, well, how am I supposed to get to know you? Here I am. I'm a young mom. And she actually had an older child that was in college at the time. So she had a preschooler and a college student. And so she had gone through wow. a whole season of mothering already. And she's like, this just doesn't happen. And to think that there are people that are waiting for us to introduce ourselves or to invite them to our house. Um, is, is, I have to remind myself of that when I get stuck in my own head. Well,
2: them. and you, you touched on a couple of really important, you know, truths and, mm-hmm. and it goes back to, you know, the importance of community and, and we live in the digital age and for better or worse, you know, mm-hmm. that it's not changing. Um, and so we, we are more connected than ever, um, it, via all of these new ways to connect and yet, and yet statistics show we're lonelier than ever. Mm -hmm. And we're lonelier because we are isolated. um, And, and to the point of these women, you know, who were waiting Mm -hmm. for someone to extend the invitation, um, you know, I I hear it. I hear that story from all across America. It doesn't Mm -hmm. matter if it's New Jersey or Texas or, 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 or California, somebody has to go first. Mm-hmm. And, and, and when we do, and when we sort of swallow our fears and our own, you know, inhibitions or, or, or worries that, oh, nobody will come or, you know, who am I yeah. to invite these people? I, I mean, it, I have yet to have anyone in mm-hmm. five years tell me that they did not want to meet a neighbor. <laughs> so, you know, so I yeah. think that there are people waiting, we're all waiting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my encouragement is, you know, to do what you did and, and somebody has to go first. Um, yeah. and, and that's the hardest part of it all, you know, it's yeah. just, it's just looking for that opportunity to extend a simple invitation, yeah. simple, you yeah, know, not hard.
1: And I think it's good because, um, it models it to our children as well. Like I have a, a middle schooler and a high schooler and the friendship drama is just off the charts and they're so tied up in like what other people think and and I couldn't possibly do that and, and how should I? And just to say, look, I am i don't know this person and I'm inviting them over and, and we have to continue to engage with our people. Um, I think is as impact. Oh, know? absolutely. I hope they remember that.
2: Absolutely. And that's one of the best things that has unexpected and delightful things that has come, you know, for, for our family, we have four children Mm -hmm. and, um, ranging in age from college and freshman to sixth grade. Mm -hmm. And, and just the fact of, you know, Breaking outside of your comfort zone and inclusion for all people, you know, mm-hmm. and that um, you know everyone's really is welcome at the table, and yeah. the richness of 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 our lives when we take that opportunity to yeah. meet new people and invite them into to our lives um, is is so profound.
1: Yeah, and I do think we do live in a time where everything is all about comfort, and it is so easy for us to be comfortable all the time. And they, right. and our kids need practice being uncomfortable because soon they're going to be out on their own. And if they don't know what it's like to step out of their comfort zone. Ugh. Yeah,
2: yeah. no, I agree. And, and, and so watching us do it, you know, just mm-hmm. like what you said, you know, look, mommy's going to invite a few uh, neighbors over who I don't know. And at first mm-hmm. my kids were like, you know, wow, mom, that's, you know, that that's kind of crazy. In fact, I just, I was speaking in Chicago a week or so ago and, and. And my youngest, I dropped her off at carpool on the way to the airport. And she mm-hmm. goes, so basically, mom, you travel around the country and you talk to strangers and you tell them how to love their neighbors. And I'm like, that's pretty <laughs> much my gig, you know? And, and, and so she now has absorbed it. And, yeah. and she's like, that's pretty cool, mom. You know, you talk to strangers, you yeah. know, and you tell them how to love their neighbors. And I'm like,
1: pretty much. <laughs> yeah. And that's great. It's so important for us to have to have that. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, so I, I know that there are people, listeners that are out there saying, there's no way I can never put a purple turquoise, purple, listen to me, turquoise table on my lawn. But what is some of the encouragement that you can give them in terms of being, becoming front yard people and like simplifying it for us a little bit? Well, first
2: of all, we do have
1: a purple turquoise table, and we so do. oh good. <laughs> oh, yes. oh, oh, so here's the thing. So, I,
2: there's a couple of questions I always get. Does the okay. table have to be turquoise? And of course yeah. not. You know, and so the the, the purple turquoise table was yeah. from a woman who wrote in, and she wanted to put a turquoise table um, in their common ground, sort of uh-huh. in, in her, her neighborhood, and the mascot for their high school football team or their colors is purple yeah. and gold. And so okay. I was like, that's fantastic. And yeah. so she she refers to it as the purple turquoise table. But, but I always say that the turquoise table is not the hero of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a reminder. It is a, um, it's a whimsical um, place that if you can put one in your front yard or in your, your common, you know, spaces, mm-hmm. that it, it symbolizes just an openness to mm-hmm. getting to know one another. And so when I started this, of course I didn't think, you know, this would, that I would be talking to you one day. And Mm so um, it it is in my front yard, but so many people of course don't have front yards. And, you know, we live in in all kinds of abodes from ranches to duplexes to townhomes and, and apartments. And College dorms. So what I just, what I encourage people to do is think about where people naturally tend to gather. Where do people congregate in your neighborhood? Um, And then I find that people come up with the most creative solutions. And so we have turquoise tables now in, you know, on church patios, in farmer's markets, in hospital atriums, in libraries, and Mm -hmm. And just as a, as a reminder, as a, as a conversation starter that, you know, you belong here, come sit for a little while, let's Mm -hmm. get to know one another.
1: Mm -hmm. And
2: so of course it doesn't have to be turquoise and of course it doesn't have to be in the front yard. Okay, Um, good. I'm sure there's that with a sigh of relief. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. And, you know, and I think it's so funny that, you know, in today's, you know, that, that it's like, I have to give permission to people and I'm like, you now have permission. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever your, I mean, we, we, we love right. turquoise. It's the color yes. of friendship. And, yeah. uh, but you know, of course you have to do what works for your community. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that, that truthfully though, Kimberly, that's part of why it's, it's, it's become so successful in, mm-hmm. in, in, the, in the way of, of grassroots movement, uh, because, um, you know, it, it, every community has its own answers. Every mm-hmm. neighborhood knows, yeah. you know, what they need. I mean, yeah. shame on me if I ever tried to tell you what you need, you mm-hmm. know, in New Jersey, but, but that's the beauty of it is that people can then say, oh my gosh, here's an idea. And here's how we're going to adopt it for what our people, what our community needs. Yeah. And that's, that is for whatever whimsical reason, that's what the, the movement has become. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, and so that freedom, um, has been, been part of it. Stickiness.
1: Yeah. Oh, I, I love, I know I love boundaries because I do think that they provide creativity. So when we look at our own communities and we figure out, um, what would meet that need, And we have to, we have to do something different. We can come up with something brilliant.
2: Yep. No, that's exactly Mm it. And it's been so encouraging. And like I said, I, you know, I now get to kind of travel around the country. And, and so we do these, I I have these little questions that I ask and, and I never provide the answer. All Mm -hmm. I do is provide the questions and Mm -hmm. then, you know, and, but then I get to see the, you know, sort of the eyes open wide and this, this aha moment when neighbors figure out for themselves a way that they can grow their community and engage together to meet their own needs, but to meet the needs of those most closely around them Mm -hmm. and just think we could do that block by block, neighborhood by neighborhood, community, community, what that could look like um, for our country and abroad.
1: Oh, absolutely. I think we have more power than we realize that we could just, we could change a block, a change in neighborhood through small steps and from just taking some time to be creative and intentional. Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. Well, I just got an email actually just last night and I read it to my husband, Tony, and um, it was from a young a young high school student and he cr- he built a turquoise table hand built it painted it sanded it um for as his part of his eagle scout project and oh, his and so then he wrote a whole thing on community and bringing you know kind of community back and I was like I mean if that isn't just the most creative wonderful thing yeah you know, ever I was so touched that's you know, amazing that, isn't that amazing oh um, I love that. So I get stories like that all the time of people yeah. who um, are touched by this little story of mine yeah. you know, in Austin, Texas, and then yeah. making it work for their community.
1: Yeah. What I love about that, and, I, and I'm not trying to... Paint with a broad stroke, but I think community is just important for men, and as it is for women, and it's just as important for boys as it is for girls. And for um, this gentleman to understand that, like community matters, and being connected to other people matters, and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't look the same for right. us as it does for women or girls, but that it's still important and it's still needful.
2: Yes, That's absolutely.
1: Fantastic. All right. So why don't you, as we wrap up, tell us more about your book, which gives us simple ways to connect with our neighborhood, our community, and build friendships.
2: Well, it's called the Turquoise Table and um and it is, it's an easy read. It yeah, is beautiful. Um the
1: pictures are oh, gorgeous. Thank you. I love it. Yeah. yeah.
2: Thank you, and it, it really is an easy easy read. It, it it weaves the narrative of my story and sort of and the stories of different of, of our neighborhood and how mm-hmm. it transformed our neighborhood. Um, but then I share stories of other tables around the United States, um, and simple practical you know tips and ideas, and mm-hmm. so. Um, it's, it's, it's more of a workbook. I mean, it is a pretty book and it's mm-hmm. a gift book, but it, but it really is. It's one to be written in and, and mm-hmm. dog eared and hopefully get flour and, and honey on it if you're making the recipes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but hopefully, or my, my hope and intent in writing it was that, you know, here's a, here's an easy book to pick up and um, read with a friend or neighbors and, um, and then just to be inspired, to go and do likewise, to start mm-hmm. something similar, um, whatever mm-hmm. that looks like in a backyard, in a front yard a, with mm-hmm. a purple turquoise table, whatever, Yay. but just, as I said earlier, somebody has to go first. Mm-hmm. And I believe the time is now, um, yeah. And, and so that's what we talk about, you know, practical tips, introverts, extroverts, you know, Mm -hmm. how the, how to issue that first invitation. So hopefully, um, it's everything you might need to get started, um, to build community Mm -hmm. and connection in your neighborhood. Yeah. And then quickly to, um, your podcast, tell us about your podcast. So it's uh, you know it's become one of my favorite things as you probably have mm-hmm. learned too and so uh, mine's every other week and I invite someone who is um, is knowledgeable or living out hospitality mm-hmm. or neighboring um, in in one way or another and we just have mm-hmm. a conversation and then I always cook something in the kitchen I actually take my old microphone and I go in the kitchen and cook up something um, easy and simple. Mm -hmm. so that, you know, you're armed with uh, a little bit of love to take out to your table or at your kitchen table.
1: Oh, that's fantastic. I love it. All right. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. Well, I am delighted.
2: Thank you for helping me spread some turquoise love.
1: For more information, please join Kristen and her Front Yard People at www.theturquoisetable.com. She's also on Instagram as Kristen K. Shell, on Facebook as Front Yard People, and on Twitter as Kristen Shell. You can find all of this in the show notes. Did you know each month we send out an email with tips, tools, and encouragement to help you build a thriving family culture?
0: We know your inbox can get cluttered, so we promise to keep it simple and purposeful. If you'd like to get these emails, there's a link in the show notes to sign up for it.
1: Becoming the family you were meant to be takes time and intention.
0: Remember, family culture is not about perfect. It's about purpose. To learn more about the Family Culture Project, go to thefamilycultureproject.com.